25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hole. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Yeah, baby. Let's do it. Hour two of the show off and running. A long way to go with you here on this Tuesday in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast service, friendly service. That's what you get at Farm Bureau. Hometown Heroes, a local agent for you in all 82 counties across the great state of Mississippi. Hit them up. At favorites.com. Coffee in the thermos. Just a little bit left. I filled the little cup up. It doesn't runneth over, but there's coffee in the cup from High Point Roasters in New Albany. Highpointroasters.com. Here's another plug for you. Y'all on the stream, see my cool hat? It's gray on the front, and it's got the little emblem of the state of Mississippi on there in maroon and white. That is just one of the many, many hat offerings that are unique that you can get from the Mississippi State University Golf Course. Hit them up on Twitter at Hale State GC. What does the G and the C stand for? Golf Course. At Hale State GC. Hit them up or call them 325. See campus number. Campus number 325-3028. They have more stuff, the best stuff, unique stuff. You can't get it anywhere else. And the best stuff's at the golf course. That just, hey. Don't take my word for it. Go check it out. All right. Lots of ways for you to be a part of the show. We got people hanging on the phone. I'll give you the number coming up. More texts than I can shake a stick at. I don't even have a stick to shake at it, but there's a bunch of them. Trust me on the text line. If you're watching the stream, there are the numbers. Hit me up. The text on top, the phone on bottom. The phone number is the Divinity Equipment phone line. First on the text line, though, Nick. Nick said, Matt Luke was an Ole Miss guy. We see how that worked out. That shouldn't come into consideration during a coaching search. No, it shouldn't. Nope, it shouldn't. Those things, they play a little bit to a fan base. Now, if you're in a situation where the fan base must, must be invigorated, the fan base must be motivated to buy tickets, to come to the spring game, to support it. If you're in that situation, maybe you have no choice but to try to make a hire of a football hire, but also somebody that's going to rally them. And look, let's be honest, Ole Miss was kind of in that situation when they hired Kiffin, and they they knocked it out of the park in terms of winning the press conference. I don't. I know that you know fans were kind of out on Moorhead. I don't think. Well, kind of is not really yet. They were. A huge majority of the fans after that bowl game and all that, they were just out. That's a big reason, if not the major reason, why you have a coaching change happening. 
But still your short period of time of, you know, when, when you had warm fuzzies during the Mullen era, you know, the Bowl Street kept alive. There's still support there. And just about anybody you're going to hire going into their first year in 2020, people are going to buy tickets and support it. That's the situation State's in. So winning the press conference is not necessary. That's my opinion, not necessary. Getting somebody who can field a fully whipped into shape competitive football team and, and have a 12-game a effort of going out there and putting your best on the line, that's what's important. Well, I can really talk, Kenna. Boy, I can talk a big game. Bulldog Barney said, uh, what number on the pecking order was Grantham? Was he first or fifth? Does he turn us down if he wasn't first? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, you know, as far as like what number on the pecking order. I know he's one of the first guys they talked to. Bill says, can we quickly recap leading candidates for Mississippi State head coaching job? And yeah, I did some of that a minute ago, Bill. But just real quick, you know, I think you do have to talk about Billy Napier at Louisiana. Now, the thought is. Now that the Baylor job is open, that he's going to try to go get that one first. But who knows if Billy Napier gets that job or not. I don't know that that's a given. And I I think that Mississippi State is probably doing its due diligence on Billy Napier. He's been a head coach for two years. Prior to that, assistant everywhere he's been. Successful. He was at Clemson at the right time, up through 2010. He was at Alabama as an analyst, then Colorado State, then back to Alabama for um, four seasons as the wide receivers coach. A year as the OC at Arizona State, and then over to Louisiana where he's been the head coach for two years. 7-7 seven and seven the first year, 11-3 and three this year. Highly thought of. There's a reason he's a candidate. There's a reason Baylor may hire him. But I think there's also a reason why State – will do their due diligence in looking into him. Uh, Todd Grantham, we talked about it. That's a given that he's he's got a chance to land the job now. As far as the others, we've heard those names. You know, Troy Calhoun Air Force, Jeff Munkin Army, Dave Clawson Wake Forest. We've heard those names. What about Mark Stoops? I heard somebody talk about that. I have not heard that myself from any source or anybody that I've been talking to. So I would be the answer. (laughs) Yeah, right. If he's the coach, I'd be incredibly surprised. I I think that's one somebody pulled out of their shoe on that one. (laughs) Norman. That's being generous. (laughs) Yeah. Norman says. Am I thinking of someone else, or is it Hudspeth, that some refer to as the father of the spread offense, written some books about the spread? No, that's not him. Uh, It's not Hudspeth. Okay, we'll come back to the text. First, Adam is hanging on in Gulf Shores on the Divinity Equipment phone line. What's up, Adam? Hey, Hey, man. Hey, man, let me ask you something, man. Is this program not... Is this is this team or this program not as attractive as what it used to be from when Moen left? I would say that I think it was more it was a more attractive situation when Mullen right after Mullen left than it is now. I that's think that's I that, yeah. I mean, I think that's just being accurate. Look, you know, because 
th- there was no not even a hint of lack of momentum when he left. And across well, the country, really coaches were looking at the job across the country back then when Mullen left two years ago. They were looking at it like, okay, he built it. It's on really good foundation. They got a great roster. The reason they're looking for a coach is because the coach left to go get a big job like Florida. So there was just, there was all the momentum in the world is very attractive. And now, you know, there's some holes in some of that. They go, well, you know, the reason they have an opening is because they fired a coach after two years. Uh, They lost their momentum on the field. Uh, Their roster may not be as good as it was two years prior. You know what I'm saying? So it was a more attractive job then than it is now. My deal with Billy Napier, I, I, something in my gut's telling me, man, that some of the stuff we're in about Napier just don't sound right. Because, man, you're talking about a guy's making a million dollars a year in Conference USA, and he gets offered three plus million Sunbelt. realistically, probably mm-hmm. in the SEC. Only an idiot would turn down that job. Well, but he hasn't even met with State yet, Adam. That's the thing about it. They haven't even, uh, State and Billy Napier have not even had a face to face. State's met face to face with a whole bunch of guys. And have yet to meet face-to-face with Billy Napier. So they hadn't offered him any money. Now, if he assumes he can get the job if he wants it, yeah, they're going to pay him $3.5 million. But the other thing was, okay, so he played the game last night, and they won, get their 11th win. Now the Baylor job is open. And it's always been rumored about Napier that he really wanted to go to Baylor. He wanted to try to go get this Baylor job. And look, it's in Texas. There's more recruits. There's more money in Texas. You play in the Big 12. Is Baylor's schedule as tough as Mississippi State's? I mean, well, that's an obvious answer then, right? It's not. Um, it's a whole lot easier to win eight, nine games at Baylor than it is at Mississippi State, period. It's a faster, quicker path, easier path to the playoff at Baylor than it is at Mississippi State. And so that's... Just the way that's that's just the way it is, you know. So if if all of that's true and he wants to pursue the Baylor job, well, it's open now. Matt Rule last night at midnight or whatever decides he's taking the Carolina Panthers job. Is McDaniel's going to Cleveland? I mean, that's rumored. The Giants hire Joe Judge, and it just shakes everything up. Everything can change and will change right up to the last minute. Let's see. This is Chase from New Albany. What's up, Chase? He says, I like Grantham because of what he brings, but wouldn't mind bringing in Hudspeth and Bumpus in a Mississippi State reunion. What are your thoughts, and what did you think of Moorhead? Had he been given another year, players love the guy. Players really did like and enjoy being around uh, their coach and Joe Moorhead. Um, if he'd had another year, what could they have done? I mean, we, we will never know. They were looking at, you know, running back by committee. If Kylan Hill went on to the NFL, he may not. You know, you're looking at you got to plug some holes on defense, obviously, with some players graduating, like and leaving, like Willie Gay and Chauncey Rivers, and potentially Errol Thompson. We still have to wait to find out. Cam Dantzler gone, so there's some holes to plug on defense, no question. But there's some players there, Joe. No, this is Bulldog Bo on Memphis. Uh, on I'm sorry. Bulldog Bo from Memphis on the text line says, Matt, 
I get so tired of everyone using the cliche, well, this guy's the right fit, or that guy is not a good fit. Here's the issue. If you win, you're the right fit. <laughs> Preach on, Bulldog Bo. It's funny, like, no coach who's ever won games at the school where he coaches has ever been seen as a bad fit. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Winning fixes everything. Winning cures everything. Jay on Facebook says, for the record, I was in favor of coaching of a coaching change only if we had a specific candidate in mind that was also willing to take the job and one that we felt would go elsewhere if we didn't act now. Andre says, I feel like you hire a coach who has an offensive system that can compete with less talent. It's highly unlikely State will ever recruit on the level of LSU, Alabama, Auburn, and Texas A&M. Why not? Why won't they? I don't disagree with you, Andre. It's highly unlikely. But why? Brahm says, put Mark Hudspeth and Ron Roberts together, and I believe you would have a heck of a head coach and assistant head coach. John says Bill Clark has interest, but said MSU doesn't have much in him. Buddy on Facebook says, I believe in Cohen, and if it's Todd Grantham as our new head coach, that's awesome. Coach Graham Grantham sorry, will be in charge of the defense, and he will hire a great offensive coordinator. And then Andre brings up a good point. He said, who was Hugh Freeze before he came to the SEC with a hurry-up offense and upset Alabama? You know, lots of examples. You can find, you know, examples of, of, of anything and everything. Right. So, I mean, there are some first-year, first-time head coaches that work out. There are some that don't. There's no rhyme or reason. You get to follow your gut. And then that guy has to do the right things. You can do all the right things before getting a job. It's like, you know, you look at a guy like Moorhead, there was nothing. There was not one thing to indicate that he wasn't going to win big at state right away. Not one thing. And then it seemed to kind of go backwards. And they won eight and then won six, but everything was kind of trending the wrong way. There was no, there was nothing, no measure, no variable that you could have looked at that would have, you know, predicted any of that. It's kind of like a professional athlete. You know, a lot of them, they when they get that huge big contract because they've been great, they look at it like I'm being paid for what I have done, not for what you expect me to do going forward. It's like my reward. This big contract's my reward for what I have done. And so now I'm going to take it easy. Albert Hainsworth. How many examples of big-time athletes in baseball and football have you seen where they land that big contract and immediately aren't worth a the rest of their career? <laughs> Joe on the text line says, I can't get fired up about any of those coaches. And that's okay, Joe. Like I said earlier in the show, it's good for everybody to be honest, but the reality of this stuff is that whether anybody's fired up about the hire or not doesn't matter to a hill of beans because state fans are in a position. They're still going to support the program. They were out on the coach, not the program. And so now they're going to buy tickets. And what really matters is whether or not they play well when they run out there next September. And Tony says when Dennis Francione was hired at Alabama, and asked at the news conference how he felt about not being the first choice, he said it didn't bother him that he wasn't his wife's first choice either. <laughs> That's one way to look at it. All right, Linda 
is on the Divinity Equipment phone line, hanging on in Tupelo, the birthplace of Elvis Presley. What's up, Linda? Well, I was wondering, uh, did Dan Mullen lead any of his coaches at Mississippi State or anybody that worked for him? Did he leave any of them? Uh, um, let's see. No, yeah. I don't think. I'm trying to think. Um, we need, yeah, we need to steal some of his people from <laughs> Florida. Yeah. You want to do that? Well, we talked about it earlier, Linda. Someone asked who, if they were to hire Todd Grantham away from Florida, who might he bring with him on his staff from Florida? And I don't know who he might, but I mentioned uh, Greg Knox, who is the running backs coach, who you know was the interim coach at State the the year Mullen left and they won the bowl game against Louisville with him as the interim coach. He's one that yeah. I, that I would hope that if Grantham comes, that he could bring and pull from Florida. In terms of who Mullen left, I'm trying to think, was Terrell Buckley, I think, was on Mullen's staff and then stayed and has been on Moorhead's staff the whole time, too. That might be the one guy, oh, so he's still, Yeah. he's still there? Yeah. Okay, well, so I got somebody giving me the answer on Twitter here. Paul is saying that, who we just mentioned, Terrell Buckley, the cornerback's coach, Brad Peterson, who's an off-the-field coach in a recruiting and high school liaison role, and the same thing for Rod Gibson. So two off-the-field, one on-the-field would be holdovers from the Mullen staff. Well, I think we need to look at them, but most of all, um, does he have an assistant coach in Florida, Mullen? Um, does he have an assistant coach? Say that again. Does does Mullen have what? Do we does Mullen does Mullen have an assistant coach? I mean, anybody that coached Tim Tebow, we need them. Yeah, I hear you, Linda. Hey, listen, thank you for the phone call, and I appreciate you listening in Tupelo. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Thank you, Tupelo, the birthplace of Elvis Presley. I was reminded on my Facebook feed this morning, uh, two years ago. No, uh, two. Yeah, no, three years ago, a conversation that happened at this time of year because, you know, we're almost, I guess tomorrow is what, Elvis's birthday? And three years ago, my daughter was five, and my wife said, hey, is tomorrow Elvis's birthday? And my five-year-old daughter overheard it, and she just blurted out, hey, I think Elvis died already. <laughs> she was like, he can't have a birthday if he's dead. That was great. Facebook anniversary of his birth. That's it. Uh, Okay, look, I want to address this. Here on the text line, Ghost Texter says, rumors have it that Freeze is a candidate for Baylor. Now, I don't know. (laughs) That would be perfect. Yeah, I mean, Baylor is a Baptist school. I don't know if he is indeed a legitimate candidate for that job or not. I have no idea. No clue if he is or isn't. But I do know uh, I was sent a text this morning from a friend of mine. It was a screenshot or a link to a tweet from Clay Travis where Clay was kind of, you know, promoting Hugh Freeze for that Baylor job about the fit. And my friend sent that to me and said, why is uh, Clay Travis always pimping Hugh Freeze for these jobs? And here's what you have to understand. There's a link there, and it's Jimmy Sexton, the agent. 
Jimmy Sexton is Hugh Freeze's agent. Now, I don't know if he's Clay Travis's agent or not, but this is a situation where now and in the past, Jimmy Sexton says jump, Clay Travis will say how high. And do you remember on the Hugh Freeze redemption tour when it first began after the whole departure from Ole Miss, Hugh Freeze went on to the Clay Travis show and pretended, in my opinion, pretended to cry on the phone during the interview uh, showing remorse. Uh, it didn't go over very well. It fell, it fell to the ground like a balloon that had lost all of its air. Uh, it was pretty obvious that it was fake. And again, this was something drummed up by the agent to begin a media tour that would show that there was remorse and that he could get back on his feet and be your coach. And that's all in the world that is. Supposed to be a Jimmy Swaggart moment. It was, a, it was definitely one I of have those. Sinned against you. It was definitely one of those kind of deals. It, but it wasn't real tears. And again, I couldn't see him. I'm listening on the interview and it was on the phone, but it seemed um, kind of fabricated to me. Anyway. Okay. I don't know how. How do you pronounce this name on the text line, Roger? We'll get to it next. You see that it's got. Is it is it Bella K or Bela K? Looks like Balaki. Balaki? I don't know how to say it. Anyway, his text, <laughs> Jay and Jason and Eric, I'm coming to all y'all. Jason's on the phone. We're going to talk to him. So we're just getting started here, hour number two, and a lot of stuff coming in. I know what that is. Those comedians that do the name that did a skit, and that's, instead of saying Blake, oh. Balake. Oh, Balake. Yeah, I okay. the name of those comedians, but anyway. Well, I'm just going to skip the name. If it's not any clearer than that, I'm just going to skip it. All right. <laughs> I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Y'all stick around. Back on the show, I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast service, friendly service. That's what you get with Farm Bureau Insurance in the state of Mississippi. Hometown heroes. Local agents in all 82 counties across the state of Mississippi. Uh, If you're watching the stream, hey, look, you can text me at the top number, 885-ESPN. That's 885-3776. That is a number to the text line. You can call me on the other number there, on the Divinity Equipment phone, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, 995-1059. Those are 601 numbers, 995-1059. Jay in Baltimore on the text line says, in regard to the attractive question, that's all relative. If the program is where Moorhead received it, then you have tremendous pressure on day one. Whoever gets it now has less expectations, but gets paid the same amount. Two to three solid recruiting classes and winnable schedule next year with $3 million salary. That's an attractive job to a lot of people. That's Jay in Baltimore. Now, Blake said the opposite. He said people need to understand Mississippi State is one of the worst power five jobs in the country. You're not going to get a proven guy. And, you know, the power five part of it, 
I mean, you look at it. So you're in the toughest conference. It's the best conference with the most exposure, but you're also in the toughest. You are in a very recruital, um, <laughs> fertile recruiting ground. Recruital, there's a new word for you. I pulled a Jake. You're in a very fertile recruiting ground in the state of Mississippi. You know, per capita, as many NFL players from here as anywhere. But I think the things that Jay points out, yeah, it's it's a tough job because people are looking at it like, well, you take the job, you go into the West and you compete against the best teams in the country. Every It's the toughest division in the country. There aren't any conferences that are any tougher than the this half of the SEC. It's just that's the case. And expectations have been driven up there. I mean, they have. Um, so it is tough. But but everything Jay points out is true. Uh, there was tremendous pressure on Moorhead day one because of expectations and some first-round draft picks, multiple first-round draft picks on your team. Whoever gets it now, the expectations aren't quite as high. You got a couple of three solid recruiting classes on campus to build on, a winnable schedule, and you're going to make $3.5 million a year. So regardless of what someone like Blake says, then the fact is it's a very attractive job. And the money is a big part of it. And that's just the way it is. If you name the schools in the country who are going to pay a first-year head coach between 3 and $4 million, then naming those schools, name them. They are few and far between. There's not very many of them. So the money is a big part of it. All right, here we go. Jason has been hanging on in Flagstaff for a pretty good little while, and I appreciate it. What's up, Jason? Not nothing much. I just... I always talk about a press conference, and I think I think a certain segment of state fans need to decide whether they want to compete with what Ole Miss did with Lane Kiffin, and if they want a guy that is going to have a team that can go get four yards on first down, because I don't think we're going to get both at this point. Yeah. And, uh, I, I think the, the latter is more important than the press conference. Personally, I don't even care if they do a press conference. I just want to see better <laughs> football. That is a really good line because I'm kind of the same way, Jason. I'm wondering when it's going to be, and whenever they do a press conference, I'm going to try to be there. But uh, I, I think that's uh, I think that's a really good take on it. I kind of feel the same way. It's like I don't really care if they do a press conference or not, <laughs> but that's the way it is. You know, going to build it up. But look, the state fan base. I think what you're saying, Jason, represents a, a big portion of Mississippi State's fan base, and that is. Look, everybody experienced the whole win the press conference thing two years ago. You know, we all showed up and there was a big room full of people and, you know, new coach ringing cowbell and welcoming them all to town and photo shoots and national interviews and boy, the hype train. Here we go. Isn't this fun? And it does not take long for that train to get off the track. And I think state fans have experienced it in recent enough times that most people are like, I don't even care about a press conference. Just, just, Tell me that they're doing what they need to be doing during the offseason, and let's see what they look like in the spring game sort of thing. You know? Yeah. I know, I know this. Croom and Moorhead both came in talking about championships. Mullen came in and said we're going to score points. Yeah. You can control your own conclusions there. Well, and the truth is it didn't take <laughs> Mullen long to start talking about championships. <laughs> I do uh, remember – he, 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 <laughs> I do remember that some people made you know picked on him because he talked about winning 
uh, bowl game champion, and he called them, you know, like championships. He said, and he said yeah. anything. I remember that one time where he said, anything you play a game for a trophy, to me, it's a championship. <laughs> and people kind of picked on him about that. I do remember that. Well, Thanks, I don't Jason. Know. I know he kind of kept his promise. Peace out, y'all. Yeah, peace out. Thank you, Jason. Call me anytime. Enjoy the snow. Rebel Greg listening to the show in Brandon on the Divinity Equipment phone. What's up, Greg? Hey, good afternoon, guys. Uh, I just want to address two two topics real quick. One is uh, uh, Ty Grantham. I think, which I'm an Ole Miss fan, so, you know, I don't have no dog in this race, but I think he's the safe hire at this point. Right now, if, if he will take the job, I don't know if he's even interested in it or not. <laughs> but uh, but in the, the Hugh Freeze deal, I mean, if I'm wrong, tell me, but didn't State and, and Steve Robertson and, and his buddies, I mean, they done, they may have not got, gotten Hugh Freeze fired, but they kind of fanned the flame for it. And I just, I think it's hilarious when people bring up Hugh Freeze to Ole Miss, but, and I'd also like to say, why can't just both schools root for each other? Let's, let's, you know, hope both teams have good, successful coaches. And let's just root against each other when we play against each other. Have a good day. Thanks for the call, Greg. And I know what you meant. You said, you know, it's hilarious. People bring up freeze to state. You know, that's one of those things like the internet meme is just too soon. Um, we were talking about freeze to Baylor earlier in the show. Is actually what we were talking about. Somebody had brought that up. Um, yeah, and as far yeah. as, you know, pulling for each other, look, there, I mean, there are some people that, you know, they they – that might pull for both schools. Those are few and far between. It's kind of goes against all the rules of competition. It seems like, um, you know, there's a there's a healthy competition in the middle, state and Ole Miss. There's a, you know, the unhealthy um, competition where there's hate, right? Like you just can't stand. You want to you want to see the other place burn. And, uh, you know, that comes and goes different times, whatever. I, people just make too big a deal out of it to me, this whole stuff. The, I'm not sure I've ever seen a bigger pile of you-know-what recently than this whole, oh, it's so toxic, it's too toxic. The rival is just so nasty, and it's really just too nasty. And everybody, every single person who wrote any of that or said any of that has just no clue what they're talking about. Yeah, because, where are they from? Well, I mean, and where have they been? Yeah. I mean, look around. There are lots of examples. And, you know, competition is never friendly. This ain't soccer, you know? It's not friendly. So Oklahoma and Texas, they got issues Yeah, with each other. <laughs> they sure do. Final segment of the show coming up next. Plenty of text to get to, and I'll take your phone calls. In the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team.
back on the show. Live in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau. Go with the home team wrapping it up with you here. About to, anyway, on this Tuesday where, boy, there's been plenty to talk about. (laughs) Plenty to talk about. All right. Um, The text line, Ghost Texter says, Matt, what about Justin Fuente at Virginia Tech? Yeah, I mean, he's a coach that if you catch wind that he might be interested, you got to talk to him, right, if you have an opening. Did a heck of a job with that program at Memphis. Got it up on four legs and sent it on down the road. Uh, he, he did a really good job there. Parlayed that into getting the Justin, I mean, the Virginia Tech job. And things haven't always gone just swimmingly there at Virginia Tech, but he's a good coach. He knows what he's doing. He's run a program, put it all together. Eric says, Mississippi State needs you, Matt, as quarterback's coach. So tell us, are you up for the job? No. You have to be in it. Could I do it? I could figure it out. But do I have any experience? None. Zero. Zip. Zilch. You're hired. Yeah, right. Again, I appreciate you tuning in. We got uh, about... Oh, what? we got about 10 minutes to go, so plenty of time to get your phone calls, plenty of time to get your texts. We'll take those, and we'll finish up here around 2 p.m. Uh, live with you on The Zone, 105.9. Um, I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Let's see here. Brandon? No, this is Matt in Brandon. He says, Matt, I can only think about you breaking down plays. Of all the head coaches and our offensive coordinators mentioned, which ones make your ears perk up? So head coaches, offensive coordinators, hmm, good question. You know, I am a fan of Will Hall. I know Will. Hadn't talked to him in a while, but I am a fan of his. Mississippi guy, big-time player at Amory. Won the Division II Heisman, basically. It's called the Harlan Hill Trophy at University of North Alabama, the UNA Lions, close to where I grew up. Will was big-time quarterback up there. You know who his head coach was in college at UNA? Mark Hudspeth. Sure was. Um, so I'm a big fan of his in terms of offense. And look, I love watching Mike Leach's offenses um, uh, play. Love it. Watching the offenses play. I, it's just, we talked about it yesterday. I don't know about it. Translating into the SEC again, I know he was on the staff for Hal Mummy at Kentucky a long time ago, 20 years ago, 20-plus years ago. Hey, and listen, real quick, I hope you'll hear me, and then I'm coming to Matt, who's hanging on the uh, Divinity Equipment phone. Listen, this was brought up earlier, and I think maybe somebody mentioned it on the text, or, or maybe, Roger, you brought it up. It's been asked of me on Facebook here uh, on the stream, I'm trying to find the comment exactly. Somebody said it was mentioned uh, by someone, Bob Shoop. Oh, and I'm, I'm I must have got it conflated with Stoops. Yeah, you said Stoops, which I was thinking Kentucky, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Typical bonehead move I made. There. Right. <laughs> well, see what I okay. So what I'm seeing is somebody brought it. Let's see. Warren, he he brought up Shoop's name. He said Shoop had a better defense with the same players. 
And then apparently I got a message or two. Somebody might have tweeted something. I don't know for sure, but got a message or two that maybe it had out, got, popped up out there on Twitter about shoot possibly being a candidate. But listen, I can confirm for you that in terms of the head coaching position at State, uh, Coach Shoop is not a candidate, okay? Y'all, y'all just need to understand that. He's an excellent coach, an excellent defensive coordinator, but in terms of a candidate to be the head coach at State, Coach Shoop just not a candidate. All right, Matt, you're in Jackson on the Divinity Equipment phone. What's up, hey. Matt? Hey, Matt. Man, I appreciate you getting me in. I know y'all don't have much time, uh, and uh, I've kind of stole my thunder, man. I, I I wanted to mention, you know, Mike Leach's name. I know he's an offensive guy, but if he could pair him with a good defense coordinator and just leave him alone, I think State would be real dangerous. Uh, I had a friend of mine tell me uh, that Mike Leach wouldn't be a good fit at State, and I said, well, I said, Mike Leach probably isn't a good fit anywhere, but his results are extraordinary, and, you know, he's he's got one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL now. I know you know, he wasn't playing in the SEC, but he did really good this year, I think. Yeah. But uh, uh, my second point is I'm, I'm really tired of people downplaying Mississippi State as not a good program or not a premier job. I mean, that's you're in the SEC, the SEC West. Mississippi State has, you know, a long history, you know, of good ball teams that have competed in one bounce or one play you know, one way or another, and you're looking at somebody winning a championship, and the the program is there. You've got the facilities, the new stadium just built, and you've got a, a huge, rabid, loyal fan base, and as soon as they get somebody that's going to come there and stay, you're going to see that program just take off. There, there are only a handful of places in the country in college football where you're going to have a home – Stadium with you know sixty five thousand people in it uh, when when it's when it's full and you're going to make between three and four million dollars a year the first time you sign on the dotted line. There just are only well, a few places in the country. And now, as compared to you use the word premier, I mean, as compared to USC, as compared to Oklahoma, LSU, Ohio State, Michigan, no, uh, uh-uh. those are different. Now Clemson, yeah, well, I mean those are different, but you know, not at the moment. But you start winning, you'll be there with them. And look, like I said, I mean Mullen was there for nine seasons. He did a heck of a job. He's a really good coach. He did a heck of a job, and they were getting ready to pay him six, seven million dollars if he wanted it to stay. He just wanted to go. And yeah. and money is money used to be an issue for state. Listen, send what? send out the alert. Money is not an issue for state anymore. It's just not. Period. And guess what? They're redoing this CBS TV contract with the league, and ABC, ESPN not only is getting, you know, winning the bid on it, but they're about to buy out the old contract to get it started earlier. And there's going to be even more TV money coming to these schools. We're talking about like an extra $20, $25 million just from that. And that's one game a week. So, it's it. That's it. People who say those kinds of things just kind of have stinking thinking. Matt, appreciate the call, well, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Take care, Matt. Jay in Baltimore. 
message to Coach Cohen. He says, please hire, please hire someone soon so we can put this to bed and start talking Bulldog baseball. So, <laughs> Jay, somebody, um, Walton texted in and he goes, who's ready for Dogpile? This guy. That's Dogpile, the baseball podcast. And uh, we got our first episode coming out pretty soon. Uh, let's see. Ghost Texter says, Steve Robertson is toxic. <laughs> Come on now. Just because you don't like his haircut. I like old Steve. He's a good guy. He does have some long hair, though, doesn't he? To each his own. The Lord is good. The Lord is fair. To some he gave brains. To others, hair. We might just be the <laughs> smartest show on the station then. <laughs> We might be There's a whole bunch of bald guys on this station. Dad, gum it. Well, you got well, but see, we got two on this one show. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we, we got them beat. I'm not bald. I'm just taller than my hair is. That's it. All right. Um, let's see here. Ghost Texter says, "I agree with Rebel Greg. I don't hate Ole Miss, but that doesn't mean I pull for them. I'd rather beat Bama. Too many on both sides would just as soon the other do poorly than their side succeed." It's better for everyone when both teams are doing well. Thanks for the text. Let's see. Special K. What about Jeff Scott at Clemson? Is he someone that anyone has talked to or talked about, he says? Seems to have done well with Trevor Lawrence. I'd say he's done well with Trevor Lawrence, wouldn't you? (laughs) I'd say he's done pretty well. Doing pretty well. Bulldog Barney's back on the text. He says, Bulldog Barney asks, if there uh, is there an NCAA coaches portal <laughs> that sends out notices when a job is available for coaches to throw their hat in the ring? You know, I chuckled, but I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's some type of database. I mean, but in the coaching circles, man, you know, look, there is so much money involved in these Power 5 head coaching jobs that every single solitary agent of every coach is aware of everything at all times because they are like piranha, (laughs) you know, circling down there in the water, okay? And you are that injured animal up on the limb, and every now and then a little drop of blood drops in the water, and I know that's gross, and the piranha just go crazy. A job's open? A job's open? Who do we call? Who do we call? Call that guy. See if he'll talk about us. Call Clay Travis. He'll put our name out there. <laughs> Call Dennis Dodd at CBS. He'll print my name in an article. <clears throat> you know, that's the world we live in. Somebody says Leslie Frazier. Oh, yeah. Defensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings. Former the head. Dallas coach looking for work. Wait a minute. He's not, he's not the, he's the defensive coordinator of where? The Tennessee Titans? Used to be the head coach of the Vikings. That's who Leslie Frazier is. Is that the one we're talking about? And then finally on the text line, Josh said, Matt, if one day the inside story in this coaching search ever comes to light, Steve could write another book. Good luck with the running app. Yep, got it, Josh. See y'all tomorrow. See ya. You've been listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.